This show is brought to you by Whatever You Say Productions, starting conversations since 2018. Well, welcome and welcome back to episode four of Microscope. Today, that was a weird introduction. Whatever. So today, it's <laughs> quite fitting for today's topic. Shit. Exactly. I think today we should only talk in very like ha uh, or something. I don't know. <laughs> so let's do it. So today we want to talk about fad diets. Fad diets. <laughs> that is the extent of my <laughs> I should probably be a co-host to like a game show oh fuck that yeah. would Just be the so much fun you could get this brand new set of kitchenware <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> wait yes today we want to talk about fad diets but Kevin I haven't seen you in like over three weeks how you been all right all right, all right. I'm not on a diet, that's for sure. No, I'm not I on a diet either. just eating whatever food is come in front of me and with ill regard to nutritional content or caloric <laughs> restriction of any kind. And I, I definitely feel like that. I feel like, so I was like in a rut like a few weeks ago and just like not cooking. And now that I've finally gotten back to my, like... I cook every single meal and it's like Fuck. delicious. Oh, what are you making? So, you well, I'm not making I, stuff. I made a fuck ton of stuff, but I'm making bread tomorrow Holy shit. and pasta. And I actually just made blueberry syrup. Oh, man. Which I think I offered you that and you didn't want to try it. What the hell, Kevin? I don't know. We ain't got no pancakes. We ain't got no French toast. Right, right just like stick a spoon in there. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, all right, all right. So, Getting back to fad diets. Of which blueberry syrup is probably not a component of any of these, but... It's vegetarian. It's good. (laughs) Uh, That was a plug for our last episode. If you listened, it's okay if you didn't. (laughs) Okay, so let's, let's first start off. Like, what is a fad diet? So... I think everybody's just like, you know, like, oh, I shouldn't listen to Wikipedia. But, like, honestly, at the end of the day, Wikipedia's not that bad. Wikipedia's better to listen to than Dr. Oz or one of those fools trying to tell you about these crazy fad diets. Exactly, exactly. So, according to Wikipedia, a fad diet... And actually, I feel like because we're using Wikipedia for this definition, and we're talking about fad diets, it's like, okay. (laughs) So... According to Wikipedia, a fad diet is a novelty diet that is popular for a short amount of time, um, similar to fads that happen in fashions. Like, remember bell bottoms in the 1990s? I wanted (laughs) bell bottom pants so bad. (laughs) Like Jimcos? I think so. I don't know why. (laughs) Is that a different thing? I don't know if I ever got a pair, but like, thanks, mom and dad, for not letting me get it. So, no pictures of that could exist into this. 2020 year yeah. we're about to jump into here. Exactly. Yeah. That was like nicely kept a secret. Yeah, and those those fads of that nature they came in kind of cyclic patterns um, so just as these fads in fashion come like that, so do these fad diets without too much empirical evidence behind them to actually say, yes, this is healthy for you. Exactly. So, 
Have you ever been on a fad diet? Certainly not. The closest I came to a diet of any kind or actually watching what I was eating was actually this year. I actually, around the beginning of the year, started counting calories and became completely disgusted in myself in that I was eating probably two or three times what is needed to um, both satiate and sustainably um, keep me alive. I was way overshooting that shit. Why I'm so wide sustainably margin. keep me alive. That sounds like an extreme. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was way overshooting that. So I tried to dial it back to just be eating about what I need, and then I kind of got a sense of that, and then I gave up on the whole thing. So that was my extent of um, a fat diet. Yeah. So I feel like I don't know, maybe like a year ago, or whatever. I kind of like tested. The keto diet, I was like doing it on and off for a That's little hardcore, bit. hardcore, right? You gotta really change it up. So I feel like it's not that hardcore. I feel sure. like, well, all right, here's here's the extent. I wasn't like the best keto dieter. I would just like, when I was sauteing my vegetables, I would just add more olive oil to it, you know? And that was like keto for me or whatever. But whatever. I So yes, I did keto for a little bit. I didn't have any problems with it. I, like, lost weight on it. I felt healthy. Like, it wasn't that bad. I don't think it left any lasting yeah. injuries to my this body. Is the one where you cut out all carbohydrates? It's so... I think it's, like, 7.25.5. So, 70% fat is supposed to be your calories, 25 protein, and 5% carbohydrates. Wow. I don't think I was ever that extreme. Mm-hmm. Um I think maybe I just like didn't eat pasta or bread, which as an Italian was probably like the worst decision. Yeah, that's I crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it was basically that. And like the one thing I wanna say, and like we had this conversation often, is like people always take things to the extreme, which is not good. Right? Or not that it's not good, but like it's generally not extremes good. are usually where you run into dangers, right? So, you know, when I tell people I, I did the keto diet for a little bit. I wasn't, like, sucking on butter and, like, only eating bacon. No, I, like, just, like, put more olive oil on things and just, like, didn't eat bread. Like, it it wasn't as extreme as people wanted to sound. Not saying I'm a good person for doing it, although I'm a great person. No. Obviously, <laughs> overall. Have you seen me? Okay. <laughs> Goddamn, you seen this blue hair, motherfucker? It's still going on. What are we, like... A month away. A month in, yeah. <laughs> Still vibrant Shivering. as hell. I, you know what? For anybody trying to wanting to dye their hair, do it. Do like, it. Life's too fucking short. Life's too short. You know what my biggest thing, the reason why, so I wanted to, I've been wanting to dye my hair for like a year now. And really the one thing keeping me from doing it was like the cost. Like this cost me like almost $200. Which is a lot of money to get something that's, like, not permanent. But I just figured, like, you need something. So I think when I got back from Italy, I, like, set up the appointment. They were like, oh, we're going to try this new dye. So, like, here's a discount. It was wonderful. I love you guys. Arcane Hair Parlor. If you're ever in (laughs) Phoenix, you should go there. Wonderful, lovely people. Love them. They're not going to pay us for saying that, but that's okay. (laughs) That's where I was going next. (laughs) They're my friends. So... You should just dye your hair. We got so off track. Yeah, we're just talking about self. We got on bad diets, talking about self improvement. It all kind of goes together, right? It's whatever. So okay, 
let's get into it. Like we like to do on this show is talk to you about studies that were actually done on these specific topics. And today is fad diets. <laughs> Just let me know if that gets annoying. I feel like I need to talk about it. So there was this study um, called A Review of Dietary Practices of the 21st Century, The Facts and Fallacies. And it was published in the Canadian Journal of Diabetes. So yes, let's talk about this study done by these wonderful Canadian people. I don't think either of these people were born in Canada, but that's okay. Irrelevant. So what they did is they collected studies. They did a meta-analysis. And I think they did a really good job of sort of just like reviewing different fad diets in the 21st century. And I think contrary to what we talked about in our last episode, they actually put vegetarian, vegetarian and vegan diets as a fad diet mm. uh, as one of their lists. They um, also put lacto-vegetarian, which we talked about. Mm -hmm. Or, well, so we talked about lacto-ovo-vegetarian diets, mm -hmm. um, but then there's just lacto-vegetarian, meaning I just don't think they eat eggs. Mm -hmm. In fact, it literally says plant-based diets, including dairy foods. Mm -hmm. um, as well as the pesco-vegetarian, which we talked about. And then this is where it gets into what people more think yeah, of and consider think of being as, a, fad as a fad diet. Oh, wait. Uh, fad diet. diet. <laughs> For the record, it's only 8 o'clock here. So we we are not... We're fine. Okay. <laughs> so, one of them is the Medita uh, Mediterranean diet, which essentially consists of taking in high amounts of fruits, vegetables, uh legumes which are like beans essentially or seeds um nuts whole grains olive oil and a moderate consumption of fish poultry and dairy products High amounts of and feta. alcohol mainly during meals Ooh. which i didn't know about i could fuck with that i diet. could fuck with that I so could eat greek food i could eat uh sicilian food um, for every meal, if that was so, I think Italian food is technically considered Mediterranean, but like it's all pasta and yeah. cheese. Yeah, that, that I, that's to me not Greek, Mediterranean. More Greek I think food, food that Greek yeah. salad with the feta cheese and the Kalmada olives, and I could eat that. All that stuff. So that's the Mediterranean diet, and I think like to me, that's been a fad diet that I've just seen consistently. And also because most, yes, consistently. And also I fucking love Greek food. Have you had falafel lately? I have it almost every week. Dude, this spot, Hummus Express, down the street here, Broadway. Why have I not been there? It's fucking tight. It's hot. Ah, yeah. I usually go to Pena University. I haven't been there yet. It's, yeah. you know that gas station kind of by Biodesign? Yes, no, yeah, I know. It's a, yeah, I haven't been there It's yet. relatively new. Mm -hmm. I went to it when I was living in that sublet. Wow, it's been a tough it's been couple a minutes wow. since yeah. you've been there. Thank Shit. God. Okay. Fuck. Right. <clears throat> that place was gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Mediterranean diet. They also have the Paleolithic diet, which uh, includes lean meat. meat. Like mammoth and saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> Fish, eggs, and a variety of fruits and vegetables. The key thing being no refined or processed foods. Mm -hmm. So anything that your caveman relative 
couldn't get should not be included in here. And here's one that I've never heard of, the New Nordic Diet, which is based on foods available in the Nordic region. Okay, and that includes fruits, vegetables, root vegetables, uh, which includes potatoes, legumes, whole grains, nuts, plants, and mushrooms from a wild countryside. All right. We ain't got that around here. I don't think we could pull off the Nordic diet in I don't, we could not pull the, off the Phoenix diet. Valley area. Here's another. Okay, so Mediterranean Paleolithic New Nordic, which is my new favorite fad diet. diet. Okay, I think that'll be the last one. Sorry, I got tired of it. <laughs> so then we have DASH diet, which is dietary approaches to stop hypertension. And this includes a diet rich in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, low-fat dairy, and lean meats, and limiting uh, sugar-sweetened beverages. Yeah, so that's kind of going back to what we talked about in the last one, having that high, the high, high-density lipoprotein to low-density lipoprotein ratio to skew that ratio towards the good cholesterol. Talking about those lean meats and just supplementing the rest of your caloric intake with fruits and vegetables that aren't going to throw off that ratio in any way. You know, I've only I've only read through four of these, but I think a common thing is just like eat more fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Exactly what we said last time. Why do we have to tell people to do that? Like why is that considered a fad diet? I thought that like, was something like Sesame Street handled. That was like, like, that yeah, right. like we got that. I okay. Yeah. Um another fad diet which we've all heard of and I think they have like buildings set aside to this, like a weight watchers diet. Yes. Yeah, which is yeah, that's a whole fucking basically based company. on like a point system. I don't think I know anyone who did Weight Watchers. No, do I you? don't know that. No, I, don't know I would imagine the points are based on calories and not necessarily uh, macro micronutrient ratios of any kind. So, as a scientist, I don't think we can say that because we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But maybe a that's fuck, a thing. I'm fucking assuming that. That's, that's, the that's shit a out big of old assumption. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got Weight Watchers, and then we have Jenny Craig. Which is a personalized meal, or a personalized menu using pre-packaged meals. Dead ass. I thought Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig were the same thing, so I'm surprised to see those as two different categories. Interesting, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I put them in the same basket, of course, but they're probably trying to reach the same demographic. A Coke and Pepsi type yeah. of competition. I mean, we all know it's Pepsi. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. And it's seltzer water, not soda water. Okay. So, after Jenny Craig, very similar to the prepackaged menus, um, is Nutrisystem. I feel like I remember seeing an infomercial about that. Like, way back, probably in, like, high school. How do I remember things from high school? How do you remember infomercials? How do I remember what happened yesterday? Yeah, exactly. I don't. Nah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but that Nutrisystem, that's some good marketing. That's tuck with you and with enough people to make it into this meta-analysis. Exactly. <laughs> what a lasting impression. Then we have the Atkins diet, which I think oh, we've yeah, all heard of, the Atkins, yeah. which I think Atkins and keto are kind of like the similar-ish. I remember that being you can eat as much meat as you want, just no carbs. That sounds in like a nutshell, keto. right? Yeah. yeah. I think keto's more fat-based. But, but okay. Then there's the Zone and South Beach diets, 
which promotes moderate carbohydrate restriction and high protein and low fat intake. Okay. And then we have the, whoa, okay, the gluten-free diet. Oh, yeah. That's a, that is considered a fat diet. fucked up because that came from I, that's, this apparent gluten sensitivity. Um, which is not always a medically derived condition. Some people, or it's been construed to be, this can be a dietary decision you can make independent of any kind of gluten sensitivity. Exactly. And you'll have some sort of benefit from cutting out gluten. A very interesting fat diet in that... I'm surprised it made it on this list. Exactly. You know what? I don't want to say it pisses me off a little bit, but like I had two very close friends who have celiac Celiacs, disease, yeah. and I know that they didn't know they had celiac disease, and then eating gluten has actually given them lasting health issues. So they need to sustain on a gluten-free diet. So the fact that that's considered mm-hmm. a fat diet is a little infuriating, but I also know people are just like, I don't eat gluten. Yeah, it's so, so interesting I get it, how whatever. it's been co-opted. Like, who the fuck would say, like, oh, because some people have shellfish uh, allergies. I'm going to have this no shellfish diet and going to be somehow healthier even though I lack this very precisely um, characterized mechanism for a shellfish allergy. It's kind of saying like that. Yeah. Um, uh, on the flip side, I would say, having it as a fat diet, people who do suffer from celiac disease and gluten sensitivities maybe have more options of gluten-free foods. That No, that is true. That is it's true. Kinda, so yeah, I it's, guess it's a double-edged sword there. Yeah. I think so... I know actually a few people who are like, who have taken the gluten-free diet into like a bad realm. Mm-hmm. So I guess I can see why that's here. Should I do it one more time? Yeah. Okay. Fad diet. Yes. Oh, that wasn't what we should do one more time. That's fine. We're good. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. That, that was all the diets they considered. I know that was like a lengthy, that was like really lengthy, but we'll just go through it one more time. You have everything we talked about, you know, two weeks ago, vegetarian, vegan, lacto-vegetarian, lacto-ova-vegetarian, pesco-vegetarian, Mediterranean diet, new Nordic diet, the DASH diet, the Weight Watchers diet. I'm just listing off things. This is weird, but sorry, people. Jenny Craig, <laughs> Nutrisystem, the Atkins diet, Zone and South Beach diets, and then the gluten-free diet. So I've, we got to link this back. So this study done by the, this Canadian group looked at all of these different diets, okay? And they did a meta-analysis and they looked at all the studies that compared these diets to what like i don't want to say a normal diet but a more conventional diet or a diet eaten by more people yeah people in the western exactly exactly and it's interesting in that they did find some differences okay that's always nice as yes. a scientist to yes. find differences we love differences yeah. it's publishable with differences <laughs> so they saw that Mediterranean and the DASH diet do actually show ample enough evidence to be recommended to people with diabetes and cardiovascular disease uh-huh. so I'm gonna repeat that one more time yeah 
the Mediterranean and the DASH diet appear to have an impact on the health of people with diabetes and with cardiovascular disease. Mm. We're not saying that people who don't have that can benefit from these diets, but people with those can benefit from these diets. And that could be another thing of in those individuals who already have these pre-existing conditions, it may be easier to detect that benefit over the limited sampling time that a lot of these studies have to work with. Maybe it was a more profound effect on these people who were already um, disadvantaged in insulin production or already had some level of arterial blockage. Um, and it was just easier to measure a significant difference in them. Um, but perhaps those same mechanisms could be operating in a healthy person just over the time scales and the effect sizes that were looked at in the study. It wasn't something that when you did the statistics at the end of it, it came out to be significant. Exactly. It can always be something that is happening. Exactly. And I, on the opposite end of that spectra of things that show like they do have an effect, the two that had the least plausibility to have an effect or like showed no evidence to having an effect on a person's health uh, was the new Nordic diet. I think earlier I said was my favorite new fad diet. Yeah, and it kind of uh, sounded not that different from just, just eating regular ass food. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, whatever you eat more mushrooms, whatever. <laughs> I'll ask you that after wild. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, special countryside mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> so the new Nordic diet and the paleo diet showed the least amount of evidence to have any effect on a person's health. Across anybody in any of the um, study groups they looked at. Exactly, exactly. And so the discussion in this paper I thought was like really nice, really nice. And it was, you know, a balanced diet that includes all four food groups, right, has the nutritional needs of a, of a human being, right? So when you try and shift those in one way or the other, like a lot of fad diets do, like I think all the fad diets do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the Atkins was all about the meat, keto, all about the fats. You're really skewing that ratio mm -hmm. um, where I'm sure there's something different. I don't remember the food pyramid where it was like carbs on the bottom, then you had your fruits and vegetables um, in those specific ratios. But in these fad diets, you're skewing the ratio of your intake of one of those groups uh, significantly. Yeah, yeah. And so, right, like exactly with these, they're going, not that that's bad to go to these extremes. Oh no, I think we talked about it. Like going into the extremes is like not like the greatest thing you could Gen do. Generally. And that's what a lot of fad diets do. So, exactly. So like, not disseminating, what's the word? Disrupting. Mm -hmm. Disrupting this balance of nutrients can actually lead to health issues, right? And I think that's why a lot of people, um, one particular is the keto diet. I know like people talk about getting the keto flu. What? It's what is that? Biochemically, I don't <laughs> know. 
And I know that I've never gotten it, but it's apparently a thing. Oh my gosh, you just it's, get super sick when you don't... You get, like, the it. flu. It's, like, because your body's shifting from, like, oh gosh. carbohydrates to, like, fat as a nutrient source. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. just letting your guard down. So if you're going to do that, do that in a germ-free chamber over a few weeks. So just don't leave your home and... Well, no, 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 because the, the... Oh, okay, all right. I was like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might be. Okay. So, yes, I, I like the way this study concludes. It's it's just eat a balanced diet. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, they're like, that's the best thing you can do for yourself. The best thing you can do for yourself is to eat balanced diet. And that's why I like this. I love Canadians. They're such Yeah, a, they're so reasonable. They're so, and that's what science is about. It's about reason, empiricism, just get, getting data and drawing conclusions from data specifically. Yeah. Hell yeah. So in this paper entitled Potential Long-Term Consequences of Fad Diets on Health, Cancer, and Longevity, um, out of Wayne State University in Detroit, Michigan, uh, gentleman Douglas M. Rudin, PhD, was the first author. So this was another kind of meta-analysis where they took um, some studies that had been done on model organisms. So a model organism is a really convenient thing we use in the biological sciences a lot. Um, so like we talked about in the last episode, we can't just lock people in a chamber and force feed them a given um, gram amount of a given food or to make sure they only get this certain amount of nutrients. So I'm gonna be an ass, yeah. we can do that we can but we but that is morally wrong not to that is so we should be praised for our ethical considerations <laughs> anyhow for that reason we have what we call model organisms and to put it bluntly these are species of animals that nobody gives a shit about enough to wow. have an ethical dilemma if we do these experiments on them for instance, two big ones mentioned in this study. Wait, are, wait, wait. Did they say that? No. That these are organisms we don't care about? That's what it is, though. I'm We're we're sitting here having a science podcast to just tell people how it is. And that's how it is. I, Otherwise, we just do this on mice. Like, my, people care to some degree about mice. So there's certain experiments you can't do on a mouse. But in true. Drosophila oh or C. elegans. Okay. So Drosophila is one of the species... Commonly used as a model organism because it's an animal um, and it has the same metabolic pathways that human beings do, but it's just with a fruit reason. fry. Yeah. yeah, fruit fly. And we, we hate those. We wish they wouldn't be in our bananas. Oh, God, sit so out they're so annoying, right? <laughs> yeah, they're very convenient because their genomes are fully sequenced. We really understand what every gene in the Drosophila genome is doing, and they basically metabolically do the same things as we do. Another one in this study mentioned was um, C. elegans. C. elegans is a little worm. You can take dirt from anywhere in the world, throw that under a microscope, you'll probably find some kind of um, cousin of C. elegans. This is a group of roundworms called nematodes. Same kind of thing. They're a small animal and they have basically the same metabolic pathways that we what is C start? What, what was this C stand for? K, a K, oh my gosh, Caber norhabitis. 
I can't say it. It's, Moving on. It's got a lot of letters. Moving on. Uh, so I just so everyone just says C. elegans. Um, so those are two model organisms. Again, model organisms, they're close enough to the cellular and metabolic capabilities of human beings, but they're so insignificant in our just general fucking scheme of the world, of our stupid arbitrary hierarchy of beasts <laughs> that people have made up over hundreds of years. Uh, that we can do crazy experiments on them, like feed them very specific diets and kill untold numbers of them, and no one really gives a shit. But it's great for science. So, during all of that, Kevin, I looked up the cor- correct pronunciation of Cielo. How do you say that shit? Cinerubdiatius. Cinerubdiatius. Okay, that was actually horrible. Hold on. <laughs> let, me, let me have Google say that. Are you guys all listening? We're going to have Google say this. Okay. <laughs> wait, 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 one more time, one more time. <laughs> Why does she have a Spanish accent? Yeah. Is this a translate? This is good. No. Translate. Wait, let me give Oh, you a... put it in Spanish. Oh, <laughs> what the? French. <laughs> English to English. Wait, I'm gonna do. It's going is French to English. Okay, all right, all right. Sainerabditis. Okay. Sainerabditis. Sounds a lot better. We can cut this whole part out. If no, we, want. we should keep this. <laughs> we should keep this. Wait. <laughs> we'll have to listen to how good that comes out. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't cut that, but cut us talking about whether or not to cut it. Okay. So, ah, Kevin, so now we know how to pronounce it. Senorabiate. So, long story short, in this meta-analysis, they looked at a few studies wherein these diets were fed to those model organisms and they looked at some of the metrics, like mean lifespan. That's a big one we couldn't do in people. We couldn't follow them their entire life and chalk up their ultimate demise to being on the keto diet for their the entirety of their life. Um, a lot of them were kind of similar to the same metrics we can measure in humans, like the um, certain nutrient contents of their bloodstream from taking blood samples Uh, but at the end of the day what they concluded was we really need this kind of regulation on fad diets the kind of regulation that we apply to new drugs on the market Uh, so to take a direct quote from this paper they talk about a very important test in the drug life cycle called the Ames test This was developed in the 1940s by Dr. Bruce Ames to determine the carcinogenicity or the cancer-causing capability of a given compound that may be a potential drug to use. Um, And they found thousands of papers that used the phrase Ames test or basically that this test is widely used in um, delineating and determining drug safety, determining drug safety. And what they're proposing is that there should also be some measure of regulation on these fad diets that they call a dietary aims test. 
This could take a number of different forms, um, just the same way they feed these drugs to Drosophila and other model organisms to determine their long-term effects and toxicity. Um, they want to demonstrate that long-term safety and efficacy in Drosophila and mice of these fad diets is a, a proper means to demonstrate their safety in case someone follows it longer than Mike followed the keto diet. Say you don't just do it for a month and a half, get down to the weight you want and then kind of keep I it. I promise I'm not a quitter. No, but this is good because we don't know what if it really fucks you up if you do it for years and years and years. We True. just can't have True. that data from human beings for ethical reasons. And this is another um, measure of the value of having model organisms and the great gift that Darwin gave to us saying that we are all connected through this evolutionary family tree. Therefore, we can draw conclusions from what we ethically consider to be lower organisms that will apply directly to human health and well-being. So thanks, Drosophila. Thanks, Mus Musculus. Thanks, C. elegans. For being great model organisms. Thank you for your sacrifices. Exactly. Well, that was nice. That's I gotta give a shout out that to our good. models. Oh, good for you guys. Yeah. So, <clears throat> while Kevin was talking, I was listening to him, but I also found this wonderful word in this paper called nutrigenomics. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I don't know what that is. But it's like a it's a nice word that I think I'm gonna try and use more in my life. Oh, nutritional genomics. Okay, that would make sense. Okay. So what that's saying basically in, in terms of this paper is how does taking in different um, nutrients, different in, in the terms of fat diets, are we taking in more fats? Are we taking in more carbohydrates? Are we taking in more proteins? How does that affect the expression? In our genomes so our genomes are more or less fixed from birth exactly we come out with all of these same genes it's how are these genes expressed how are these manifest in our day-to-day -day life and how do um, the decisions we make like diet and exercise how does that affect this gene expression and then this is a entirely new um, branch of science really branch of biology where we can look um, correlate these nutritional inputs to the genomic outputs of how our, our genes expressed exactly. under different dietary exactly. conditions. Yeah. Which, that actually is a great segue into sort of like our closing topic. Um, and, you know, what we do here on Microscope is try and like give you guys something meaningful you could do at home at the end of each of our topics. Because we know you just, you know, hate listening to us rant about science and you know come up with fun ways to say fad giants and <laughs> <laughs> yeah one more yeah. uh, all right we're so sorry we apologize to all no, of you we no we don't <laughs> just kidding okay so i think at you know at the end of the day this is this is actually the conclusion of our four episodes based on food okay and I, a, a way to columnize that was a, that's not the word columnate cumulate 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 okay <laughs> it's not that either now that I, I don't think it's cumulate culminate 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 okay <laughs> I promise Coming you down. we 
We're all smart individuals. Okay, so essentially to columnate everything we've talked about, all of <laughs> Kevin gave me a look. Sorry. Moving on, whatever. You all understand what I'm trying to say. So looking at everything we've talked about over these past four episodes, I think one like one outlying thing we could say is just like Eat a balanced local diet. Absolutely. I think they're, they're humans at the end of the day are very tribal. Like, yes, we've, we've, we live in a society that is not based on tribes, but because the transition into this modern world has been so quick, there hasn't been enough time for our evolution and our thoughts and our cultures to catch up. So I think like, as, you know, just like as a, as a person, you need to step back and just realize, like, I have tribal tendencies. Like, that has been my evolutionary trajectory, but I don't live in that anymore. So, you know, we, we try and villainize certain people, certain fads, certain foods that we think are dangerous because they're genetically modified or whatnot. But we really just want people to step back. And, you know, a balanced... Okay, so, no, before I get into that. So, at, at its current point, global food trends have shifted to a way where they don't promote a balanced diet. And that's mainly due to the fact that 50% of the planet's food source comes from four foods. Or no, three foods, sorry. Rice, wheat, and corn. Okay, that's not a balanced diet, right? So 50% of your diet should not consist of one of those things, okay? So, and one reason for this shift is not only from the fact that these are just easier to produce and it's easier to make money off of them, but it's that we've shifted away from traditional food making, right? So we have essentially lost the ability to maintain that intergenerational knowledge and these intergenerational intergenerational knowledges come from you know how to prepare food how to store food how to handle food what food did your ancestors eat like i think we talked about it uh in the gmo episode we're like you know i know i eat both i'm lucky in the fact that I know my family came from Italy. So I know I, I can follow a very Italian diet and that's what my epigenetics or like my genes have been bred to. Do you know where your family's from? Yeah, my father's side of the family is Polish and my mother's side of family is German. Yeah, so I mean like look at what those people have for the past century eaten and that's like a good indication of what your body can handle. Yeah. Essentially, that's a good point. I fucking love sauerkraut. I well, I love sauerkraut too. It's (laughs) delicious. Could my body handle it? Probably not as much. I just whatever. I get to eat, you know, olive oil and bread with a little bit of salt and pepper. (laughs) That sounds better. It's (laughs) but so, I think our closing remarks for not only this episode, but for all four food episodes. Food episodes is talk to your parents and your grandparents about what food they eat and how they prepare it. Brilliant. 
And, you know, that I can think of it myself like I know something that my mom, I mean, Christmas cookies, okay, those are not like the healthiest things. Oh, but like, but so. You eat them. <laughs> I do eat them. But like, my grandmother used to make manicot, which is basically just like a thin pasta thing that you fry in this like skillet and you put mozzarella and ricotta cheese in it and you put red sauce over it. It's fucking delicious. Ah. And sauerkraut, if yeah. you're Kevin. <laughs> sauerkraut, or my grandmother made, uh, it's called guwonki. Guwonki, ooh. It's a red sauce over cabbage-wrapped meat and onions and shit, and it is Wait, that sounds primo. delicious. It's out of control. Uh, yeah. It's good stuff. So, closing, closing remarks of episode four and food. Talk to your parents and grandparents and eat money god and gompka? Gawonke! 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 You can find it, check it out. And as always, eat more fruits and veggies, eat local. End of the day, try to try to eat better, but we don't really know what that means scientifically, as we've shown in these handful of peer reviewed papers we've talked about. Exactly. So don't stress yourself out about it. And that concludes this episode of Microscope. And I hope to hear you all next week. Or yeah. I hope you are all willing to listen hear, to me next I hope week. you hear us. And we hope we hear from you. Ah. Bad diet. Bad diet. Okay, we're ending this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Microscope, presented by Whatever You Say Productions. Learn more at microscopepodcast.com. That's M-I-K-R-O-S-C-O-P-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com.